From B Media Production, this is B Podcasting. Engage your audience with audio communication. Hi, and welcome to Episode 5. I'm Nick Schildberger. This podcast explores the huge opportunities podcasts can bring to businesses looking for innovative ways to grow their brand. Coming up on this episode, we talk to the head of Audible Australia and New Zealand, Matthew Gain, about the growth of audiobook listening, and Jared Pickford, ex-radio warrior and co-founder of the podcast's marketplace, Podmatcher. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and podcast aficionado, Chris Ashmore. Hi, Nick. Yeah, I understand you've uh, been asked a question, the same question from two different people. Yes, twice I've been asked, how long should a podcast be? Didn't we go over this in episode one? We did, but it keeps cropping up. So I found a best practice study by Bridge Ratings in the US just recently, which might just might help shed some light on this question. Do you want to guess the average time spent listening to a podcast for those who commit after five minutes? Uh, after five minutes, uh, 18 minutes? Close. It's actually 22 minutes, according to this research. Mm. Basically, what Bridge Ratings is saying, though, that it's a session of 22 minutes, not necessarily a whole podcast, that people will listen to maybe a longer podcast in two or three sessions. They also say that listeners will abandon a podcast if hosts are not focused and have no clear understanding of how to continue holding the attention of their audience. So the message is clear. Be organised, know where the podcast is going, be considerate of your audience's time, and don't ramble. Just get to the point. Well, speaking of studies, Nick, Edison Research has released its podcast consumer survey results for 2017. They have, and they're very comprehensive, again, so we'll link to the full survey in the show notes. But just briefly, they surveyed 2,000 Americans aged 12 and older. On the whole, podcast consumption is trending up, which is good. Uh, So to some of the numbers, 60% or 168 million are aware of the term podcasting. That's up from 55% last year. 40% or 112 million have ever listened now, and that's up from 36%. Podcast listeners remain affluent educated consumers with a slight lean towards male listeners at 56%. Weekly consumption now, they reported 42 million. And of those, the average listening time per week is five hours and seven minutes, to be precise. They listen to an average of five podcasts per week. And listening on mobile phones and other portable devices seems to have capped out at around 69%. It was 70% last year, so seems to be where we're at for now. Most podcast listening still happens at home at 51%. Vehicles was the very strong second. Podcast listeners are also higher users of social media. And again, Facebook still trumps the rest. And last of all, listen up brands, because according to the research, podcast consumers are more likely to follow companies and brands on social media. But that's enough stats for today. Chris, tell us who we're speaking to. Well, we caught up with Jared Pickford, who many moons ago worked as a commercial radio producer, and now that he's out of it, he can see how podcasting can bring a better experience to the listener, because he reckons that in podcasts, advertisers aren't shouting at you to get your attention like they are in radio, at least not yet. Um, And here's what he says. People don't mind hearing advertisements when it's just given to them and not screamed at them through a voiceover and sound production and sound effects. That's Jared Pickford a little later. First, though, the popularity of streaming audio content isn't confined to podcasts. Audiobooks are exploding in popularity, and that's why Amazon has ramped up its resources into its audiobook division. In Australia, that's audible.com.au. 
This episode, we have a special guest, Head of Audible Australia and New Zealand, Matthew Gain. First, I ask him why he thinks listening to audiobooks is becoming so popular. If I look at the audible.com.au member base, there were 15.9 million hours of audiobooks listened to last year. And we did the numbers on that, and it equates to 1,815 years of listening. But it's not just here in Australia. We're seeing it globally as well increase. And so about 40% increase on our membership year on year. If I think about some of the reasons, I think that we're busy. We're flat out as Australians. And, you know, we did some research and over 2.5 million Australians had not read a book in over three years. And people are just attributing that to the fact that they're just too busy. And so... Why does audio books fit into people's lives? Well, we're starting to see people have got longer and longer commutes than ever before. The average commute here in Australia, and I think Sydney and Melbourne are probably the longest, but the average commute across Australia is around about 93 minutes a day, which is a lot of time if you're on a crowded train or a crowded bus or tram or, or driving in your car, it's a lot of time you can be turning into listening or book time and and that's where audible fits in so well but we also see it people are just wanting to multitask you know whether it's at the gym or cleaning the house or when they're making dinner people are turning those times into book reading time so they're expanding their opportunities for listening well those are the locations um, and the way people are listening to audiobooks do you have any information about who's listening what kinds of people Yeah, it's a pretty broad cross-section. It's not a narrow group, but, you know, they do tend to be somewhat digitally savvy, though, you know, we make the app very easy to use, so it's not just tech heads that can use this. Everyone can use it. Our audience is usually between 25 and and 54, so it's a pretty wide age bracket there, and it splits pretty evenly amongst men and women. They tend to be professionals, and, you know, they tend to be professional, busy people. It comes back to that point I made before, and that's why Audible fits into their lives, because they don't have a lot of downtime for reading. And what kind of audiobook topics are the most popular? Do they simply reflect the bestseller lists? A little bit. So our most popular genres last year were fiction, uh, which is just a broad category. Sci-fi is massive. Sci-fi and fantasy, I mean, they're huge categories and genres across the book category at large, but they're big for us as well. What does start to spike in the audible space that's a little bit different than the traditional book space is the health and personal development. We see a lot of people in that space. And we're also seeing some trends around, you know, what we call listen before you watch. And so, you know, a lot of the time people are listening to books like Lion and Hidden Figures before the movies or TV shows are coming out. So they're they're really wanting to complement that movie or TV experience with the books. Well, the audiobook industry is still, I suppose, relatively young, although it's, it's grown quite a lot in recent years. How do you get the word out to promote audiobooks to an Australian audience? We've been doing a lot of things and, you know, as a business, it takes up an enormous amount of our focus. So we ran a campaign towards the, you know, it started just this year titled Listen to Your Book and it was to demonstrate to Australians how to reignite their passion for great stories and, and also highlighted where audiobooks could fit into your life. So we partnered with some fantastic content creators. We also had Australian actor 
80s icon Craig McLaughlin up here. We also had comedian Jordan Raskopoulos. And basically, we re-recorded rock sets, Listen to Your Heart, and changed it to Listen to Your Book. And it's a 120-second epic video that we have sliced and diced, and it's living on YouTube and Facebook, uh, running in cinema as well. Now, that's just part of our awareness drive. We do a whole lot of stuff, you know, speaking with good people like yourself to get the word out to people we know that love the audio category. And we do a whole heap of other things that, you know, are less exciting in terms of their scale, but no less effective in building you know, awareness for us. Now, book authors aren't necessarily the best to narrate their own books. How do you decide who narrates? Is there an audition process? Yeah, the choice of narrator is one of the most important decisions for us. The way we think about choosing a narrator is how a movie director thinks about choosing their lead actor in many respects. So, look, we have relationships with authors and publishers and we work very closely with, typically with the author, to find the right narrator for the audiobook. And the example I give is... If you're listening to an Australian story with lots of Australian names, the last thing you want is an American narrator mispronouncing Woolamaloo or Turak or or something like that, Bonnie Doon. And so we want to make sure that the narrator has a strong connection to the story. It's a really important part for us. We know that if we don't get that right, it can just jar. So we put a really big emphasis on matching narrators to the story. Like audiobooks, um, podcasts are also being consumed by greater numbers for the same reasons as audiobooks, I suspect. Does audible.com.au have a commitment to producing and delivering podcasts in the future? We're focused on great listening experiences. Uh, In the US, we have Audible Channels, which offers original audio series plus playlists, and they're handcrafted for every interest. Now, we're not in the the podcast space per se. Where we are focused is on great listening experiences, be those the length of a book or be them shorter as well. And so that's where we're focused and we're very interested in as a business around how can we continue to make fantastic professional listening experiences. So Matthew, what audiobooks do you listen to? One of my favourites would have to be Kate Winslet narrating Roald Dahl's Matilda. I've played that in the car with my kids and it was just a phenomenal listening experience. They loved it. I loved it up the front. And so, yeah, that's probably one of my favourites. But I'm a voracious consumer. I get through probably about a book a week, everything from business titles to academic journals like Guns, Germs and Steel is something I've listened to recently and and great fiction. I'm, I'm currently listening to Stephen Fry narrate the Sherlock Holmes series, which is just phenomenal. Well, you mentioned uh, Roald Dahl and your kids listening in the car with you. That's another opportunity, I suppose, to target children. Um, Kids are enjoying audiobooks too. Yeah, children do love audiobooks. And I think that there's a really interesting, you know, children love stories. And I think children are very comfortable in people reading stories to them. I think, you know, ultimately all of us probably had our first story experiences being read to by our parents or or grandparents or, or, or other people around us. And so I think that Audible is a very natural way of consuming and interacting with stories for young children. I know when I look at my children they love it and it's a great way for them to get through a long car journey 
they'll sometimes have a listen for 10 minutes before they go to bed after you know we've read physical books and the lights off they, they might listen to 10 minutes of a story as well so yeah children love it and the, the children's stories can be just brilliantly brought to life I mean Kate Winslet is one great narrator we also have worked with David Williams and, and Stephen Fry doing the Harry Potter series so you know there's some fantastic professional narrators out there that bring to life children's stories like you cannot imagine well, if we look at towards the future of audible.com.au and, and audio content in general, um, what do you see as the future, in the, the near future? Anything exciting on the horizon? Uh, look, I think that we will continue to grow the category here in Australia. We are committed to working with local publishers and telling more local Australian stories, be that working with local authors, but also creating, you know, we have a real passion for creating original content here in Australia. And I think you'll see some more of that from us in the future. When it comes to, you know, a little bit further afield and thinking about the future of audio, I think that we've only just started and... You know, the possibilities of how people will consume audiobooks in the future is something I love to think about. And I think that down the track, the possibilities are endless. And that's kind of as a business where we're excited and creating great listening experiences for Australians. That's Matthew Gain, head of Audible Australia and New Zealand. Matthew's audiobook stats very closely align with the podcast stats we talked about at the top of this episode. So it shows that Aussies are taking to streamed audio content of, of all forms like never before. Interesting, too, that Audible is launching Audible channels for shorter-form audio content, I heard. So some would say, much like a podcast. Mm, Well, I have a prediction. Do you want to hear it? I do. I think in 10 years, audiobooks, as we know it today, that is narrated by a person, will be less popular than books which have been rewritten for purely audio listening. What I mean is, if we take the Harry Potter novel as an example, okay, the film version of Harry Potter is not someone simply plonked in front of the camera reading from a book for 10 hours. An entirely new script was written for film to be produced in two or three hours or or to be performed in two or three hours. The actors perform the role of each character. So I think in 10 years, audio production quality will be so high and audiobook listening so competitive and will be at such a sophisticated level, not just in production but audience uh, listening as well, that just listening to one person read a book won't be enough. Listeners will have the opportunity to listen to completely rewritten scripts of popular books with a string of celebrities providing voices for each character. The music will be included. There'll be sound effects. All these kinds of things that you'd expect from a Hollywood movie will occur in audio content. And um, we're kind of moving, I think, we're moving in that direction now with, we talked about it last episode with uh, S-Town, okay? It's not your traditional book, but they're talking about chapters and the narration of the story is similar to a fictional book, right? And it wasn't an audio book per se, but had the qualities of one. And there's even a podcast coming out called Steal the Stars, written by Mac Rogers, who was the author of, you know, GE's branded podcasts, Mm. uh, The Message and Life After. You've heard those. I have. Soon, that will be repackaged as an audio book. So... As part of this new channel? 
I don't know much more than that, but they're already thinking about this podcast series that uh, this Mac Rogers is writing. It'll be repackaged as an audio book after the podcast series has been done and dusted. Yeah, well, I hope you're right because it'll be a much more interesting way to listen to an audio book. I just hope that the bit that you've got wrong is that it takes 10 years to get there. Yeah, so do I. Uh, it's a nice segue to highlight our own audiobook titles that we've launched with Audible and iTunes. That's right, Nick. For listeners, check out our Business Essentials series of audiobooks on customer service, sales and marketing, leadership and grow your business with Business Essentials. And with our audiobooks, no one's reading from a script. These are audiobooks that contain real interviews with Australia's leading business experts, including entrepreneur Jack DeLosa, futurist Chris Riddell and marketing guru Andrew Griffiths, as well as about 100 other business experts. So how's that for a plug? Very nice. Now, moving along, you spoke with Jared Pickford. Yes, Jared's co-founder of Podmatcher.com, a podcaster's marketplace where podcasters can find each other to do things that they can't, like voiceover work, writing, editing and equipment hire. Jared was also a judge at this year's Castaway Awards in Sydney and I asked Jared if he thinks there's any difference between radio and podcasting. Yeah, there is a massive difference between radio and podcasts. For me, there is. This might be my biased opinion, so I can't talk for everyone. But podcasts are a little like vinyl to me. Like It's like trying to find something raw and unique and a new voice where when you look at radio, it's very much produced for a demographic and it's almost overproduced. For me, it's it's overproduced. So I compare podcast to community radio almost. I like the rawness of people talking and chatting and not having time restraints and no advertisers and no music coming up. So that's a massive difference to me it is. Yeah. People might think that community radio doesn't aspire to the same quality perhaps as commercial radio. Would that be the same with podcasts? Only if podcasts start working for advertisers. So if you know the radio work, they work for advertisers. That's all they work for in the music industry who are initially advertisers. Um, so if podcasts haven't sold out as of yet, and I don't think they will, I think when the advertisers start taking over, the podcasters will have a stronger say in how it's put forward. And purely because it works. Like the research shows that people don't mind hearing advertisements when it's just given to them and not screamed at them through a voiceover and sound production and sound effects. And that's the overproduction of commercial radio you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, which to my ears, it's like a buzzing fridge almost. So, uh, yeah, that's how I see the difference between podcasts and radio. You were a judge at the the Castaway Awards uh, just recently. What do you think? How is the overall quality of the podcasts that you had to judge or you had to listen to, were there any that um, really stood out for you? There were, I judged 30 podcasts and um, I sat down in two days and listened to a lot of them. Out of those 30, there was two that stood out, two that were really amazing. And I think many podcasters are still um, learning about audio production and I could see 70 or 80% of them lacked in audio production. I think that's really important for podcasting. And when you mean audio production, you mean the sound level? The sound, the pod- editing, when to cut an interview and say, cool, that's all the information we need and then go on to the next part. I, I, and I understand that podcasting should be natural and people speaking about many things. However, through 
through our independent research with our company Podmatcher, we found that actually podcasters also want to earn money with podcasting. So to earn money, you've got to compromise a little bit and make a good podcast and, and make get opinions and ask people if they sound nice. And so with the 30 podcasts that I um, listened to, two of them were outstanding. And one of them, actually, audio quality wasn't that great, but the content was amazing. What do you think makes a good podcast? Um, number one is content, and you've got a really amazing content. You don't need sound effects. You don't need um, amazing interviews. Just w- if you've got a demographic, and your demographic, say, is business, people wanting to know more about business, get the content and don't go off off track and find something else. If you're desperate of material, just don't do the show. Wait another few weeks till you get the material. Well, podcasting has certainly grown in popularity in the last 12 months, 18 months. Why do you think podcasts in general are so attractive to advertisers and to brands? Uh, for, for us, for the, my experience, when Podmatcher was a, an agency, it was because our podcasters were speaking to the right demographic. You can really target a demographic with a certain podcasts, you know, sporting podcasts. You know, you can get um, any sporting company on board will love that. So I think that's attractive to advertisers, but at the same time, advertisers still kind of want radio a little bit. So we had to train them to say, this isn't radio, this is podcasting. So our podcast is going to deliver how they would deliver a news content or any content that they have. Um, So it's more convincing the advertisers how to use podcasting than anything else. Now, how do you see the podcasting industry in Australia at the moment? And where would you like to see it? (laughs) That's a really interesting question, and I don't think there's a particular answer for that. That's really hard to uh, answer. I think podcasting in Australia, there's still – because ABC dominate that podcasting here, and so do SBS in certain ways. So um, it hasn't quite gone mainstream. Everyone's still attached to ABC podcasts. And they do it so well. They're amazing podcasts. Well, they've got the money behind them. Oh, totally. Too. They've, they've got our money behind them. <laughs> yeah, they've, got, they've got our money behind them. So Australian podcasting, I can't give you a direct answer, but I would like to be asked that in three years' time and understand where we've grown. Because I haven't seen much growth. I've seen more podcasts coming along, but in the content and delivery and marketing and producing your podcast, I haven't seen any strength in that area. Well, compared to the United States, for example, podcasting is still nowhere near as big as no. as that place. And it's not just because of our smaller population, or is it? What's holding back, do you think, Australia <laughs> with podcasting? People still don't know what a podcast is, believe it or not. A year ago, we had a lot of people were still asking, what's a podcast? If I'm trying to explain to my mum or dad or even friends my age, don't listen to podcasts just yet. So there's still the knowledge of what a podcast is. And look, it's growing. It's growing very fast. But podcasts have been around you know, for over 10 years, and it's growing in that 10 years and actually growing quite slow. So, uh, and I think in Australia, if you look at Australia, we're behind on a lot of things, our media, our politics, our our audio, radio in comparison, if you compare Australian radio to British or Australian TV to British TV, British TV and radio are absolutely amazing, top quality. Mm -hmm. Australia just lags behind. And I think it's the same with podcasting. I think it's just normal. What about the future of podcasting, Jared? Is this as good as it gets, do you think? Not so much in Australia, but 
in America at this level? Um, is it as good as it gets or are we yet to see the best? We're yet to see the best. We haven't even peaked yet. And that, that's if you look at the advertising expenditure in America, I think last year it was around $35 million on, on podcasting. This year they predict about $207 million. So uh, this year is going to be a big year. Of course it is. But I, I think it's going to grow in the next 10 years. I don't know where it's going to be. But in comparison, if you look at, uh, say, TV or radio, they're spending billions on that advertising. They're just spending like a tiny amount in podcasting. So there's a long way to go. And I'm really hopeful that advertisers really respect the industry because from my experience working in radio, we did work for the advertisers. We didn't work for the listeners. We didn't work for the announcers. It was the, it was the advertisers. That was Jared Pickford, co-founder of Podmatcher.com. We finished that on a cynical note, but I think he's got a point. Advertising works well if done properly. Don't shout. Absolutely. Now, what's coming up on the next episode of B Podcasting? Well, we've interviewed four judges now from the Castaway Awards, and what a great plug for them. They're not even a sponsor. But on episode six, I have a quick chat with uh, Dave Gertler, and he's the founder of the awards, and he provides his thoughts on the Australian podcasting scene. But the main headline next edition, though, is Sharon Taylor, and she's head of Omni Studio. Many listeners will probably know about Omni. Um, It's a podcasting platform born out of the need for radio stations to repurpose and share their content. And Sharon gives her thoughts on where podcasting is heading and has advice on how to get your podcast into Apple's new and noteworthy section. It's really important to pre-promote your show. It's good to have the best audio production that you can. Like, they're not going to promote something that sounds atrocious. Um, It needs to be properly produced. It needs to have great artwork. It needs to look, think about how they want to promote it in their app store. That's how it has to look. That's Omni Studio CEO Sharon Taylor in episode six. And so that you don't miss out on all that's coming up, why not subscribe to Be Podcasting in Apple Podcasts or now in Stitcher as well. And if you found it valuable, we'd love you to leave a review. And for more on us, go to be.com.au. Well, that ends episode five of B Podcasting. From all of us at B Media Production, thanks so much for listening. B Podcasting is produced by the team at B Media Production. Managing Director Nick Schildberger, Executive Producer Heather Dawson, Producer Chris Ashmore, and I'm Peter Letts, Director of Audio. For more about us, go to be.com.au. Listener.